0: Engaging conversations where mm-hmm. you're just getting to know someone. So yeah. if that's something that feels a little daunting at first, as I say, start with the folks that you know um, and work your way up to the ones that are folks yeah. who are completely outside of your normal everyday network.
1: Um, I would say like being a bit younger, what I would advise to myself, it was like being being more myself, literally. So forcing me, forcing myself into a position where I built my own character. To being more mature means also like to make things which are controversial in young age, which meant to do things, which are kind of like putting putting yourself outside the box. I was a long time really exactly. afraid to do things outside the box.
2: So a lot of people want to sort of expand their social circle, be, be more social, something like that. Um, uh, A lot of people sort of try try to chase it, you know, like chase, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll reach out to everyone's But that, I think that like, like connecting from both, what both of you are saying, that's not the right way. What the right way is, is actually, I think is to work internally, to develop yourself, to develop your qualities, to sort of have your own sort of resume and sort of attractiveness and sort of having these different things that you do. So when you reach out, you can instantly find those umbrellas, instantly find those connections.
0: You cannot be focused on a thing right now. It's Mm -hmm. too soon. Because literally, the jobs and the technology that you will be using after college don't even exist yet. So looking for a thing right now is just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As opposed to really starting to get a sense of what do I genuinely enjoy, what motivates me, what are the things that I naturally am curious about, will help you understand what you want to study in school, and it may be philosophy, and there's a reason why you are gravitating towards philosophy.
2: Right. Hello and welcome back.
0: Hello and very happy to be here.
1: Hello and welcome back.
2: <laughs> yes, today will be a very special and interesting episode because we have three podcasters here sitting in the studio. My name is Chanon Zhao and I am the host of the Bigger Picture podcast.
1: Yeah, my name is Konstine. I'm a PG here a mage, and I am the host of the Acceleration Path, which deals with, this, with the college process from a student perspective.
0: And I'm Stacey Hagenbaugh and I am the director of alumni relations at NMH and I do the head, heart and hand alumni podcast, Mm -hmm. which explores the professional uh, wayfinding of alumni from NMH.
2: Sounds good. So since we have three podcasts here today, I just have a question for all of you. So why did you start a podcast yourself?
1: Want to start, Stacey? Sure.
0: Um, So when I arrived at NMH, um, my charge was and is uh, to build out uh, an alumni network. Um, that really highlights and spotlights the tremendous uh, pathways and the diversity of the pathways um, of NMH graduates, Um, and to build a community for alums to connect with each other, but also to connect back to the alumni community, in particular with students. And as I learned about um, the really incredible stories of the NMH alumni, I thought I need to get these stories out there. They're mm-hmm. really powerful and they're mm-hmm. important. Um, and it's important to give a highlight to them and a spotlight, um, mm-hmm. but but to also give them a unique voice. And mm-hmm. I thought podcast a podcast would be really perfect insofar as you really have to listen hard to what someone is telling you about their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have been... A tremendous range of, of stories and lessons that, that the alumni have given mm-hmm. um, but in my mind it was a really unique way of, of giving a platform for alumni stories that are so important for the entire community both students and alumni and faculty and staff mm-hmm. to hear and appreciate and right. celebrate. Right.
1: Love it. Okay, why I'm doing the podcast. So my podcast is about the college process from a student perspective. And why I'm doing it was basically coming to the US as international students. I really found that US has a unique approach of how to how to apply and how to approach college. So basically, a college decision is a decision you make for the next four years of your life. So how do, how you want to shape your next four years is basically also dependent on that, which college you attend. And it's totally Acceptable and also reasonable to to definitely like stress and think about this this application process and this big decision. And mm-hmm. while being in this position of finding your college, mm-hmm. uh, me and Chenan who did the podcast with me, find out that it don't has to be stressful. It don't right. has to be a journey which is associated with so much negative symptoms. It can mm-hmm. be also a way. To deeper connect with yourself and to find yourself in a way that you can say that you made a reasonable decision of where you want to attend college and be also optimistic and thankful for the opportunities you have to attend nearly any college you want in the US and don't feel the fears that you can have of not being unique getting like a failure getting like not accepted for college because you in your way are unique and you should find the place that you belong to
2: right and sort of why i start my podcast i I can really um agree with what both of you said so starting about hearing stories i think that's sort of a main proponent of why i started the bigger picture podcast is to hear these different perspectives and different voices and different stories of different people and I started it to, I talk about the bigger picture as in each person has a unique contribution because this goes to you where you're saying that each person is unique and each person has a unique contribution to the bigger picture of the world. And for me as a podcaster, I'm constantly learning about um, all these other people, giving them a platform, like you said, to share their voices where they can share their stories. But also at the same time, I'm constantly learning about myself and also learning about um, how I uh, how I can better it's just I feel like conversation is the uh, best tool for learning in some sense that, you know, wh- 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 when you're reading, yes, you are learning, but it is so, sort of one-sided at times. But when you're conversating, you can really direct um, the conversation to where you want to be. And if uh, if you have a great person like uh, you two, you know, just, mm-hmm. you can always learn, learn things. Yeah. yeah. So sort of bouncing off of podcasting, uh, w- I want to start with uh, you um, and your job as an alumni worker. Um, so why did you decide to work as an alumni yeah. uh, networker?
0: It's a it's a really great question. So before coming to NMH, um, my life's work had been in career development at the university and college level. Mm-hmm. Um, before NMH, I was at Smith for nearly 17 years and was um, the director of the career development office there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I knew I was really good at and the thing that I think when I was able to wade through what I excelled at more Mm -hmm. than other things um, that I, skills that I had to use was working collaboratively with others to build out um, networks and helping people identify people that could have a synergy with them or who could help them be curious uh, about particular pathways or leveraging the expertise of alumni to help students think about who they might want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And when this position presented itself, um, it was exactly that. And it was one of those um, aha moments of I wasn't looking for something. uh, and, And hopefully this... This in and of itself can be inspirational to, you know, a, a life path can change on a dime when something, an opportunity just presents itself and you say, you know what, I'm going to take that risk, yeah. which is yeah. what yeah. I did coming here. I completely yeah. made a right hand turn from a, a long career in higher education to say, yeah. you know what, I'm just going to lean into what I know I'm really good at
2: building um, a network, yeah. and
0: be all in with that. And and it's Great. it's just a ton of fun.
2: Right. And Constantine, you also run a network yourself. To, um um,
1: uh, um, yeah, I can help um, with that. Like, yeah, sorry MG, about that. M-G-Y, like, M-G-Y. Just like, M-G-Y. Yeah, yeah, there we go. it was two friends of mine. And it's basically also... Uh, based on what we just hear to based on like hearing stories of people but like let's break it down a bit like what it's basically about is that uh, me and my friends had this common interest of economics and mm-hmm. business and we thought about yes when we talk about economics and business we are in a position where we have some knowledge but for example we also don't have like really practice expertise in what we're doing and mm-hmm. we have so many other friends who just we just talked about and they have like a unique approach of how they have a contact to business and and economics and what their skills are when it comes to that. I mean, one can do financial modeling, the others really mm-hmm. good about marketing, the others really have expertise in coding, and these guys also have a background behind them. Mm-hmm. So basically just in our current world, starting a website by making an email sign up and telling the world like why this network exists and what is the purpose of it, mm-hmm. gave us an idea about how we can gather people with the same interests, where you can have a conversation and also like each other helping on the, on a high level. Yeah. And so that, that was like, yeah. <laughs> cool as you mentioned it, but it's like, <laughs> there's, there's moments still going on. We're yeah,
2: exactly. It. Exactly. That, I mean, that's why we're sitting here, you know, the ideas are bouncing around. I mean, sort of to add on to what both of you were saying about networking. I think the, the value of networking is really that one person can't know it all or do it all, you know, and, and, and there yeah. are so many, it's, to talk about efficiency is it efficient for me to learn how to code to code for a year and sort of like do the coding my all myself or is it more efficient for me to just find a person who has been doing coding for almost his or her entire life and then sort of let them help help me or or yeah and to, to sort of work on something and uh, and for me I also have a because we're all talking about networks here I also have a vision for my network and um, I'm working on a business called uh, Chowit and basically uh, currently right now it's sort of like a tool that is helping other people discover um, it's sort of like a searching website it's like a chat GPT similar thing um, suggesting giving you plans something like that but then I'm sort of expanding it and then thinking of it to, to be a uh, an app where people can hop on it. If they wanna do an a-, a certain activity, they can fill in their interests. Everyone's gonna fill in their personalities. Everyone has a personality and they can meet people through events. And that's sort of like my, um, and it's sort of like finding people through through this platform. That's sort of my, my thing. Cause we And got a question
1: for you, Stacey, how, mm-hmm. when was the first time you really discovered the value of a network? And mm. what was your first contact about like, what was your first contact with alumni? What was your first contact with having a network or also like being on that firm platforms like LinkedIn? What was your first touch on that?
0: Mm. Well, um, I have been a, a fan of networks long before there were technologies yeah. Yeah. to support them. Yeah. Um, once upon a time um, before my life in higher ed, I had a career in politics and government and campaign politics and, mm-hmm. Um, a networking strategy that I had when I was fresh out of college and um, needing to build a network for the first time mm-hmm. was to walk around the parking lots of uh, Congress and find cars that had pol- bumper stickers that were politically <laughs> aligned with my own. Mm-hmm. And I would take my paper resume and put it under the windshield <laughs> of said cars and said, mm. I'm, I'm looking to find a job on the hill and, <laughs> you know, I'd love to connect. And I would get calls from that, but that was before we had LinkedIn and yeah. other, yeah, you know, yeah. even email at that point. Yeah. Wow. Um, so,
1: welcome.
0: you know, I, I think uh, certainly networking has evolved, but it's always been... Um, it's always been a a necessary, and I won't call it an evil, um, but, you know, a necessary part of how someone makes their way in the world, especially Mm -hmm. professionally. Um, And, you know, I think um, so many people have these icky connotations of networking, of it's schmoozy, it's, you know, it's just kind of gross, and do Mm -hmm. I have to do this? And I, I honestly think, A podcast like this is such a wonderful model for what networking actually is. Hmm. You know, you you really want to have genuine conversations with people and make those connections so that there's a real rapport, and that person gets to know who you are, and Mm -hmm. you get to know who they are, and because you've got that that real connection Mm -hmm. um, you're you're going to want to help each other it's a two-way street Um, and and I think you know this is just a a nice modeling for how you go about building a network is finding people that you just genuinely want to have a conversation with right so I, I, and
2: and speaking of networking i think this question can really go for both of you is how do you manage your network because sometimes it can get a little sometimes it could get too overwhelming or sometimes it could be underwhelming that you want to expand your network but yeah. it's challenging so <clears throat> both ways is uh, you know you you want to find that medium because you don't want like thousands of emails or texts to, to go through every <laughs> single day but you on the other hand you also want to expand your network a little i mean
1: i'm still a student so i would also like address <laughs> my question also stacy yeah. and adding on to that i feel it's also really like adding on really to this question is like when you have people you want to contact like how to contact them and mm. what was your experience of mm. like what works best of like like your interest because Probably you also evaluate the time that people spend for a person they don't know. So they don't want to hear like a two-page text about what you are in contact, nope. right, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your think your approach of like to right. like contact somebody that you're interested in? Or you see a profile which interests you and you find the person? So, Oh, it's nice to talk to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a really important question because, um, y- you know, as I said, you want these to be genuine Asks you don't mm-hmm. want to just connect with someone for some superficial level. Right. Writing someone to say I'm you know looking for an internship at your company, so can I talk with you is going to fail fast. <laughs> um, but you know, reaching out to someone who um, maybe is in an internship at a place that you are genuinely interested in, and mm-hmm. maybe they did go to NMH or maybe they did go to the college that you went to. Um, To reach out to them with a quick, easy message, either on LinkedIn or if you can get their email address or if someone has their cell phone to text them, to simply say that. This is my background. You know, I'm a senior at NMH and I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, I'm, I have a podcast. I'm going to be going to USC and I really want to continue doing this. And I yeah. know you have a podcast and I mm-hmm. just would love to connect and, and talk to with you about not only your experience at USC, but also this world mm-hmm. of podcasting and communications and would you be willing to hop on a zoom that's Mm going to get a positive response you Mm know people are busy you might have to ask twice that's okay Mm -hmm. Um, but those are just those are genuine outreach strategies that Mm -hmm. that aren't icky Um, And will result in you talking to someone about something that you're genuinely interested in. So, you know, I think that's, it's a little scary the first Mm -hmm. time you do it. Um, But it's a muscle that the more you exercise it and the more you're reaching out to folks, you know, Mm -hmm. it gets easier. Mm -hmm. But and to your point, how do you maintain those networks? Mm -hmm. You don't want to just reach out to someone just kind of constantly be like hey i'm here. <laughs> yeah. But when you genuinely have something that you want to tell them. So let's say you do get to USC, you, you know, you have a conversation. Maybe in the spring, you are starting to work on a podcast at the university. Um, and that gives you a chance to circle back to that person to say, thank you so much again for your time. It was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm now working on this particular production, and I'm having great fun, and I just wanted to give you that update. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I start to think about summer plans, maybe we can connect again, you know. And, you know, saying when you get to Yale, it'll be an mm-hmm. opportunity to connect with alums who are in the business field yeah. and maybe someone working in finance. Um, you know, you've done a great job already hopping in to the NMH alumni and finance group, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know that's a great way yeah. of it's a it's a, a group. I'm starting these smaller communities yes. on LinkedIn of alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one now in marketing and communication, so <laughs> find that. Here's my, yes. here's my own little um, advertisement. Right. But it's a great way f- to, you know, at some point say I'm, I'm in my first semester and I'm going to be thinking about summer plans. I know in finance that's important to do in the fall. If anyone would be willing to have a conversation with me, mm-hmm. let me know. You yeah. know, odds are you're going to have someone who will say I'm happy to give you, a, a, you know, 20 minutes on a, on a Zoom.
2: Definitely.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think, like, also, like, like the general ex- like experience I had with networking was, like, yes, always when you meet, like, people who seem to be, like, strangers for you, people you don't know before, you want to find a common sense. And the common sense obviously meant a lot. Like, what is the right. umbrella that you come, what is the framework exactly. that you come together at? And I feel like, even, I feel like NMH obviously gives us, like, an easy job. And I said it to so much people who are asking me, like, because people are asking me, do you ever reach out to a I said, yeah, I do it so often because it's mm-hmm. so great because people are so willing to help like mm-hmm. you want to like that's the thing like you want to only like give one finger and they give you like the whole arm because they say like mm-hmm. yeah of course of course I help you and these I think is uh reasoned by the values and kind of the kind of like the mission and the things that NMH gives the alumni when they graduate I just apply to service and citizenship which is kind of like one of our school motto if you you have that still in your mind, and you can interpret that by helping somebody who's younger than you and generally want to learn. So, obviously, like network depends, I feel a lot on the common sense that you come together. Right. So, and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: also to add on to that point about sort of expanding network, this sort of just clicked in my mind. I was thinking instead, so a lot of people want to sort of expand their social circle, be, be more social, something like that. Um, a, a lot of people sort of try try to chase it, you know, like chase, I'll reach out to everyone. But that, I think that like, like connecting from both, what both of you saying, that's not the right way. What the right way is, is actually, I think is to work internally, to develop yourself, to develop your qualities, to sort of have your own sort of resume and sort of attractiveness and sort of having these different things that you do. So when you reach out, you can instantly find those umbrellas, instantly find those connections. Like um, that, that for example, if you are, you know, like, goalkeeper for example we gk union mm-hmm. we can instantly connect with people over mm. for example podcasters we're sitting here you, in always the studio. Th- I think
1: you always try to be like as specific as possible it was the mm. same thing when i first like went to a cl event they said like yes like when you are you know you play Yale soccer, like if you find a alumni who played Yale soccer in the same team, <laughs> you will have an extremely strong connection because yeah. Yeah. you limit the people, you limit like the, yeah, people yeah, level, <laughs> narrow, narrow. yeah, 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 yeah. Narrow. So yeah. how would you then, do you think like this, like then stays your opinion because you work for different institutions, do you feel like these umbrellas were like different or this like common sense had a different, different form of like how strong it is based on the institution you work for?
0: Um, In terms of the the network itself? Yeah,
1: in terms of the network itself. For example, you had like you worked for Boston College, right? Emerson. Mm -hmm. Um, How was it there compared to NMH, and what do you think makes the community strong?
0: That's a really, really good question. Uh, I think the strength comes in how much you're willing to tap into it, in all honesty. Any institution is going to have alumni, yeah. and any institution is going to have alumni who will be willing to talk with you if you reach out to them with a compelling reason for why they would want to talk with you. Yeah. Um, you know, even alums who are not necessarily connected to the institution um, are very apt to say yes Um, i'll give you a great example um, from nmh Um, i was working with a student who was working on a capstone and she was in particular looking um, to find some expertise in the bioinformatics field and Mm -hmm. i said to my she approached me and said uh, you know how do i find alumni who are in this field and i found an alum and he had been disengaged from NMH for a long time. He was not someone who came to reunion. He was not someone who participated in events, but I reached out to him and said, the student is interested in this particular area of research within bioinformatics. Mm -hmm. And would you be willing just to chat with her about how she can move these particular questions along? And it Mm -hmm. turned out that they were both interested in cancer research, and he had data sets that were available um, that she could tap into. I mean, it was just an amazing synergy and, yeah. and, and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just an example of where it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who, you know, is actively engaged. They just have a common experience with you mm-hmm. and a common professional intersection yeah. Yeah, that will right. make it... So
1: they can relate to it, right? That they yeah. can relate <laughs> yeah. to, it. Exactly. to it, yes.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't feel like you've, you've got to find folks or feel like, you know, I don't feel like there's a strong... Yeah. Network here, it's really what you put into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would also encourage f- folks to not feel like they've got to have everything worked out to Mm -hmm. quote unquote network. If anything, I feel like the time that you want to network is when you have an inkling of an idea of what you might want to do. Exactly, And you just want to talk to someone about it and say, I'm really curious about this. And I want to learn from you Mm -hmm. to get a sense of if this is something that would make a lot of sense for me. Um, I, I think there's, there's something so much more genuine about an engagement like that and where you can actually take advantage of that person's professional knowledge and and expertise Mm -hmm. um and and stories and and have it help you know what wayfinding will make sense for you yeah and and
2: this sort of goes back to what we were talking about the the value of not only um of networking but also the value of conversation Mm. is that also sitting in a podcast studio connects back to podcasting That a lot of times, you know, I'm doing the, I do my, it comes to my why of doing podcasts is that I don't, I don't have a lot of things figured out. I don't know. I don't know a lot about this world. I feel I'm still, I mean, I'm still 18. You're, you're, um, we're both very young here and then we're always like for me, especially I always want to learn. I always want to learn more. And, and, um, that's why like, you know, I always sort of try to expand my circle and also expand uh, the people, the guests, because everyone has a different story mm-hmm. to share and different perspective, and that these different networks can bring you different values in, in yeah, connections. Yeah.
0: In well, I, th- I give you both so much credit, and I'm, I'm curious what motivated you to know that podcasting was the right avenue for you to get at what you were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get narratives people blog people start websites like why a podcast yeah yeah. curious for the two of you but i think but you are exercising Mm -hmm. um you know a a communication skill where Mm -hmm. getting someone to tell a story yeah and asking good questions that are compelling that stops someone Mm -hmm. um to really think and um reflect on something yeah is will serve you so well not only as you're exploring professional pathways but when you are within organizations working professionally in an internship or a first job or even graduate school you're exercising this muscle of curiosity and and enabling someone to open up and and you know, engage with you and collaborate with you and, um, and create synergies. That's something that mm-hmm. is so Import, yeah. important in, in any profession. Um, right. so, you know, I give you both a lot of credit for, for taking the risk to say, I don't know what I'm doing here, but let's do a podcast. Cause I did the exact <laughs> same I thing. I was thing. like, I got to tell these, yeah. n- these stories. I don't know. We're going to make this up. We're going to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and
2: I mean, f- well, I'll, I'll go first. But for me, that This process wasn't like I had it all figured out at the start. Mm. At the start, I was just a young sophomore that just kind of loved talking, and then just wanted to talk about big ideas. I mean, I'm not a a big storyteller myself, but I I I am a pretty uh, annoying question asker. I would say, like, I just (laughs) bombard (laughs) other people with. (laughs) Sometimes it can get annoying, but I I can just bombard people with questions. (laughs) I don't know my mind; I can always just generate questions. So for me, that it sort of came naturally that. Um that to, to, that I just wanted to do a podcast where I can constantly learn at the start I mean it, it did shift for me though at the start I, I did wanted to talk more but then the the more I do it, the more I realized how fascinating it is and coming back to your point about the learning skills wise like mm-hmm. just simply doing podcasts, I realize I've gotten much better at learning at conversating mm. at you know holding conversation and also um sort of getting people to open up and and being being mm. being genuine having deeper lo- layers of yeah. connection instead of like you know superficial connections yeah. Yeah.
1: I like it and I feel like now you're sitting here with like nearly 100 episodes. That's, that's impressive. Like 100 episodes on the podcast. Like We're when, only, I when you only calculate the hours, like how much you did was podcasting. That's <laughs> truly impressive. And I give you Thank credit you. for that too. Thank you. Um, so yeah, why podcasting? So I think first of all, what is a, what is the thing I observe, and, I, and I, I probably think we can all relate to this is mm. like on which value you have a conversation. Like you have really different experiences. Like having somebody just on a phone call without seeing a face, without really knowing direction, right. without really knowing what the people think, I feel it's like the hardest framework to have a conversation. I'm not saying you can have like good or bad conversations on the phone. They're definitely, if you know the person before, you can come to this point where you are going like deeper than the surface. But it's definitely also by reaching out to alumni when I had this conversation where we're just on a phone without a real video, it's, it's hard to really think and like, like be in the other person's shoes and know what you can ask mm-hmm. um then you have like these things like zoom we also have, like zoom on the acceleration yeah. path which makes it already the point where the person's not there but you can still see them you can see, yeah. see facial expressions you can have a <laughs> feeling of like what is the right question here and what is also like the thing we can like bring this conversation like bring us further yeah conversation is 80 kind percent of about like, body what language is, yeah what, what is what i say like the the top of the mountain mm. is actually to sit in a Quiet room, mm. exactly. concentrate on the other's person. Exactly. And being able to process information, like and while you process information, you mentioned that yeah. you can you can you can go to the filter system and ask something deeper. Ask something what tells you like because that's something I also wrote my college essay about it, which is like the circle of first of all, like what and then how and why. So first yeah. of all, some people tell you like what you're doing. Like, yeah. what you're doing. I'm doing a podcast, right? <laughs> then you have, like, the what? You're doing a podcast, right? How are we doing it? Yeah, I have a podcast studio and uh, at NMH. <clears throat> this all gives you information. Yeah. But now comes to the art. Like, why, why, are, you doing
2: why it? are you doing it? This is,
1: like, a real like, hard question. Why are you doing hard. it? It's not, like, something where you just repeat, like, subject and terms that are straight like, answers. This why that you give is really, like, based on your motivation and belief system. And understanding motivation and belief system of persons can really bring this conversation, I guess, to a level where you not only learn but also get a feeling about like what type of person is next to me yeah. and how can I see this person now through others' eyes.
2: I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I started this, off, I started off this podcast with the, the question, why did you start a podcast yourself? Because I feel like I uh, totally agree with you, starting with why is so important mm-hmm. because I, we can talk about what, the how, but then that's a, that usually ends up with generic answers. The why is more about personal reasons, about your stories and everything. And, and that's sort of like a pattern that I do with every single Bigger Picture episode. Right now, lately, it's just like starting a question with why, starting with, 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 a, with, with the why so we can instantly dive deeper. And also on your point about the podcast studio, in where where can you get a space <laughs> where there's absolutely no distraction and the only thing you can do is to look at the person in front of you and and talk there's not a lot of things like yeah. that like even in the dining hall you're eating food and like yesterday i was talking to rich messer um the the, the host uh, the director of dining hall He was talking about like the the beauty of food and, and like we're missing out on food if we're sort of like trying to do this in the dining hall yeah. it so like w- w- the Podcasting is like the only place that I, I think maybe somewhere else, maybe like at, at night in, in your in your friend's roommate or, or something like that. But it's it's the place where you you are so focused. Mm on and you have and you have an incentive and motivation to have quality yeah, conversations right. well, also too.
1: like coming back to like because of the beginning was the question like why i'm doing the podcast and we really thought about my what does stuff like there like what should be the topic about or what, why we interview people mm-hmm. and we also thought about the college process because i feel in the college process through the prompts and also like like kind of the question you get asked you really are rec- like not only like i would say not required but you are motivated to find out why you want to attend the college? like who are you? And you also have to make the research of like who is the college and who is behind the college? And how can this match together that give me the best opportunity to 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 not only use the facilities, but also to grow to grow my personality in this framework of college. Mm-hmm. And I feel then the most like kind of like most like challenging task mm-hmm. is to to kind of like, like to depict, to like I- explain somebody why and also make it seeable, visionable for other people. Mm-hmm. And thereby, I love to actually come back to how you describe yourself on your LinkedIn profile, <laughs> Stacy, Because I just want to give you like the first, I want to give the audience here the first sentence that, that I can read when I see, so I see Stacy's LinkedIn profile and then I see the biography and there's mm-hmm. always like a short like informational text. And Stacy's saying, I'm a builder, a Human centered life designer and people connector. Mm-hmm. So, can you like first of all? I really give much credit and admire like how you express that because this is like actually where so many people have the challenge in their college posts, also. They have to say something big and reasonable mm-hmm. with a small amount of words. Yeah, I think you did a really good job here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and I, my reaction to that is thank you, um, and I think. My other reaction to that is whether it's a college application, whether it's an email or a message to someone that you want to talk to who's an alum Mm -hmm. or how you frame yourself on your resume or LinkedIn Mm -hmm. um, is to take the risk to be genuine, to be truly honest in who you are. that people can read through if you're putting something out there that is just trying to put some sparkles and jazz yeah. hands on something, mm-hmm. as opposed to putting your full self out there. You know, I also, in my LinkedIn profile, talk about the fact that I'm an amateur photographer and a conservationist mm-hmm. who loves to bring images of the natural world to others because it brings joy. Does that have anything to do with with me professionally? Probably not directly. (laughs) Um, Yes. And I think that there's something that um, depicts that in terms of an empathy Mm -hmm. that's important for the world to know about me. Um, Mm -hmm. Appreciation for the natural world. Mm -hmm. I will bring that with me into a work environment. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like you can bring a lot of dimension to the things that you use to depict who you are. Um certainly in a college essay to, you know, a LinkedIn profile. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to bring your full self into yeah, that. You, right. I think I think that's important. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to circle back um to, to something that y- you were saying in terms mm-hmm. of being in a room and, and not being distracted when you're doing the podcast. I right. don't I don't use this because I'm talking to alums who are in all yeah, four yeah. corners of the <laughs> of globe. Course. And so I, I use Zoom, but I always Need to be in a place that is deeply quiet, quiet yeah. without the distractions. I think yeah. there's something to be said for having conversations in those environments. That's a completely different experience. Right. Um, but what's important in a podcast that yeah. I would argue makes a po- a good podcaster a great one is deep listening. Mm-hmm. and being able to really absorb what someone is saying and sometimes what they're not saying and asking a good follow-up question that allows you to tease out uh, something even a little bit further mm-hmm. um so tell me more is one of my favorite <laughs> add-ons <laughs> yeah. when someone's starting to scratch at something. So yeah, I think yeah, you know definitely. that element of listening is so important. So important. Yeah. Um, and and oftentimes I think um, I've done the best job in a in an episode when I have said very little.
2: That's that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say. Uh, point out is uh, that's one thing that I really learned through my podcasting <laughs> experiences. if you listen to like the first few episodes, I'm I'm probably the Person talking the most like 78 percent 80 percent of the time maybe some no probably not that much but it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's i would talk a lot because like, <laughs> <67, laughs> probably, probably more like it sorry about that but once uh, the more i do it the more i realize like it's it's the the point of having different guests on is to is they are the guest and they have the fascinating story and if i'm talking if I'm the one talking, then I'm not actually learning mm. because I would probably be talking about repetitive things and also for listeners they they if they listen to like a lot of episodes, they would know me already, but then they don't know the guest they want to learn more about the guest and and the point about me doing a podcast is to is to provide the platform for not only for me to learn uh not only for listeners to learn but also for me to learn so it's like it's more valuable when you t- actually talk less
1: mm. yeah and i loved what you said about like, tell me more i actually like think about it because i was watching i was definitely reading an article in the wall street journal about it about this this mm-hmm. like actually this quote like tell me more and, <laughs> and i love it because really? like because you you often like you often like think about it but you never like actually speak it out tell me more i love that you mentioned it because tell me more is so powerful because i feel like even our world, I mean that are as as podcasters, I think that plays a big role in our job of how to make a good interview because when we ask people things, we don't know how much they thought about it or what is actually behind it, and you don't know if you touch a point which just comes out of their head because they just thought about it or what's actually like a deep point where there's a story about it. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. find the story behind the words that people say on the podcast, yeah, it's kind of I feel the harder thing like I give you an example, like one of the like there are so many I feel like generally like. Common used words that we that we just use to to kind of like this describe something something in a way. So, for example, like to say I am unique, right? I can just like the statement I am unique.
2: But you yeah. have this unique
1: like unique, and just in a company, um, economy would say a uh, company would probably introduce itself with a, with with sentence. We are sustainable like yes yeah. sustainable is a word like yeah yeah everywhere. of course like, of who course doesn't, who doesn't say who's sustainable like, a yeah. way you can always be sustainable mm-hmm. so but then tell me more and then you find out like what is actually behind this behind word. sustainable the like yeah. what is the story of this company yeah. about sustainable what is the story about this person of being say, saying i'm unique mm. yeah, so i feel exactly. that's really a point where like podcasts are really challenged by finding the spot where people have stories behind words
2: yeah and and coming back to your point about authenticity it's it's i think the point about podcasts is trying to get the guests to be authentic as authentic as possible. Well. Yeah. make them feel comfortable and sort of dig out the deepest so i this is the question for uh, the two of you so what is your way of finding the the the, the gem from the guest mm-hmm. how do you dig, dig deep
0: I always have a conversation with them before the podcast. Mm. Um, I I want them to feel comfortable. And oftentimes I feel like those first conversations Mm. allow us to kind of break the ice a little bit, get to know each other. It also allows me to kind of get a sense of what what are possible themes and topics that... I would be curious about, and they would want to talk about. Um, and sometimes in those first conversations, we hap upon, happen upon things in their backgrounds. They were like, "I didn't even think to tell you that," and it ends up being <laughs> kind of the, yeah, you know the exactly, primary thing. So exactly. you know, I think um, I, I I find those first conversations really really helpful um i usually unless they ask don't provide a set of questions ahead of time because i also like that element of free flowing sp- yeah right, and yeah. serendipity and serendipity <laughs> uh, you know just um having that spontaneity of conversation i think right. also makes the uh m- it makes the episode a little bit more compelling
2: yeah I mean, speaking of the word serendipity. No, I speaking
1: think, of the word serendipity, I just finished my English <laughs> paper today, and I was searching for a title. I was just put serendipity. Other
0: outcomes of a podcast is a title for my paper that I have to submit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
2: <Yeah. laughs> and what do you think about this topic? About not only serendipity, because I, I I feel like we talked about the word serendipity so many times. I, I, I don't, I don't know what, what in what circumstances, and also what is your so way I of think interviewing?
1: How most of the people understand serendipity, or at least how I catched it, is everything happens for a reason. Like mm. this is the thing I understand behind serendipity. Yes. I give the example of like why I got committed to Yale and what gave me the chance, and it was like the only word that somebody said to me was serendipity because I was right place, right time, the right people saw me, like everything worked out, like. Magically, Agreed. like, a magic hand was in there. <laughs> Not that I couldn't do it, but it was just, like, you play very well and you always love to see, like, you always want to perform your best when people see you, right? But it, like, rarely right. happens that you have this best performance in front of the people that want to see you. Yeah. So yeah. I had a really good performance in front of the people that saw me. So I was like, the guy was like, serendipity, you did a good job. <laughs> so I was like, yo, what does serendipity actually mean? And I was like, okay, okay, no I understand that's that.
2: That's one of the first words you, you dove deep into yeah. when you came and to I this. I think
1: in terms of serendipity, to form a question out of it, um, so... What do you think are like the most important? Like how do you break the ice normally, Stacy? Like mm-hmm. what is what are, like do you have like because also like I think breaking the ice yes and podcasting, but I feel also like when do you because because yes, you can have these conversations podcast studios and that's how the model looks like, but as you want to advance you always try to get as much as possible out of conversations that you have like when you have like this 20 minutes of waiting on a train, right?
0: Yeah. And you're
1: standing behi- next to a person, you're like, really, no, but you're like, you're actually like, I'm really interested in the thing, and but I need to first break the ice to get into a question that is actually kind of personal. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I usually start with their connection to NMH in terms of how they arrived at NMH okay. um, and their experience, because then everyone who is in the conversation on the podcast with me and the audience already has a connection because right. we're talking about NMH. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that that helps to to get a conversation sort of um, going well yeah. with the audience, but also with this person, right? We've got the common thread. Right.
2: Um,
0: and then... Um,
2: and it so of add on to that. I was yeah. thinking about joe rogan how how he does podcasts he always sort of starts in the middle like he mm. doesn't start at the start i mean yes. that that's that's his style i don't really model it but then it sort of says something that you know a, a conversation doesn't well well, the the start of the conversation is usually the roughest part i mean we, we i think we all do some networking so it's we we probably all know like um it's, it's because you don't really get th- know them, and and it would be awkward to, to just walk up to them and say, oh, yeah, tell me everything about you, about your mm-hmm. childhood. You know, you, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like kind it's of like,
1: yeah. when all the topics coming up, yeah. I feel you really have to, like, ask the right question. don't want to get the per- like person in a position where I let you say, I am share something that I don't want to share. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the trickiest part. Yeah,
0: and, and it is tricky. And, and I do, in those first conversations, try to tease out things um, that someone has shared with me that will allow us to explore an imperfect path, right? <clears throat> so I'm, I'm focused on their professional wayfinding, and I don't want them to all be like, I did this, and it, w- it worked out great. If anything, I want them to reveal that there were lots of twists and turns and bumps along the way to inspire others to be okay with the bumps that will be inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly, you know, with students as an audience to feel like, you know what, I don't have to have it all worked out and it will be okay. Definitely. Um, and, you know, I, I, I try to figure out what are those questions where I can walk that line um, that, you know, it it, it isn't uncomfortable for them. They've already shared the story. So in as an example, one of the podcasts someone had revealed to me um, in that initial conversation before the podcast um, that Um, She had made a terrible mistake in Mm -hmm. becoming a lawyer Mm -hmm. Um, and that she, um, you know, for a variety of different situations in her circumstance with a friend who had died and she just wasn't living her authentic self and was not a happy person, Mm -hmm. felt like she needed to really make a radical change. Um, right. and now she's a chef and, you know, I was able to say to her, okay, so now we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, that one thing that was, you know, particularly challenging. And, and within that story was she had to take the bar exam five times. <laughs> yeah. What's going to tell you that maybe you're no, not going to be happy in law. If yeah. You have to take the bar exam five times. Right. Um, and she, you know, she talked about how difficult and painful that was and how it really shattered her confidence. But that now that that's, Now that's her superpower. So, you know, I think finding those elements in the conversation where you can help, um, you know, your guest – yeah. Re- reveal a, a real challenge and, and an obstacle but inspire others through that I, I think is always always good to have same, like
1: even like also talking about like vulnerable stuff like helps to kind of like having your own process on it I mean at the moment like you when you I think in a podcast there's still when you are in a position that you touch a vulnerable topic you talk about it and the person said hey this conversation was really good I just don't want to share it you cut mm. this part out You also made a good job because this person was just able, you brought him to a position where he shared or she shared something, which would normally not so uncommon for him, but it helps to talk about things, obviously, and you want to speak out.
2: And on the point of connecting back to serendipity, as podcasters ourselves, we don't really know our guests' full story. Like, it's a discovery process for us too Mm. on the journey. Like, that's that, and that probably connects to maybe why you wouldn't prepared that many questions before and, and and for me i would always i would have a few as guidelines so like yeah. i can have a sense of direction where or, or if there is always the awkward silence which is could could be a question for you like how you how you treat yeah. awkward sciences but it's it's to, it's to have that um authenticity and also like just to dive deeper that and dig deeper because there are so many things that we as podcasters don't even know about our guests mm. And I think we
1: can generalize, and that could be like probably, since you can start with starting off with the question mm. like, how do you approach just like when there's like an awkward sound? Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like in general life, like, even like, it, I would in, in say, conversations like, I would yeah. say, like, we <coughs> both in our general life, like, I know you're a pretty socialized guy. I also wouldn't have like yeah. that much problems talk to people, but right. still, we are coming in conversations where we're just like, I think somebody should s- talk, but it's <laughs> just like it, It's hard. <laughs> and then you have, and then, the, and then, uh, no,
2: you can uh, go with that first, but I, I wanted to point out, and what's worse is, is if you ask the wrong question. Mm-hmm. That'll make it even worse. Or, or like, dry conversations, dry questions. This is like, it feels like an interview. It's not a conversation. Yeah. So what is your way to turn an awkward silence into a conversation?
0: Mm. I always have topics from that initial mm. conversation, you know, that I feel like I can turn to if things slow down a little bit. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it, I really have not had those moments of, oh, my God, now what am I (laughs) going (laughs) to do? You know, because... I, I feel like I know enough about that person that, yeah. you know, my podcasts never go longer than 30 minutes. And right. I, I'm pretty confident that with a set of five topics, I can probably get through 30 minutes um, with someone. So, wow, you know, today is
2: an exception. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I do think that that's also part of it is, yeah. is you know, know what you, what your focus is yeah, and exactly. give yourself the 30 minutes. Yeah. There's only been one that, that really went, Longer than that, um, mm-hmm. and that was one of the first. The first couple were longer than thirty minutes, and it was a mm-hmm. lesson for me of how do I, I need to contain this narrative so that um, mm-hmm. that we don't wander mm-hmm. off into some moments of oh dear. Now what are we going to talk
2: about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely a challenge, especially with with uh, strangers. But actually, uh, to on that point, I want to point out a different perspective because. Um, right now I always sort of try to keep my podcast longer than mm. 30 always aiming for that 50 maybe hour mark because, um, I mean, this is probably different than YouTube because my, my, my intention of, and it really comes down to intention because yeah. for him, uh, for Constantine, the intention is to share the college process so there's like a very structured topic for each guest especially because you yeah. invite a lot of True. experts
1: and i also like i also think about yeah. that my audience probably my peer group like being for probably, example a yeah. college student or being high school students you probably have uh, like an all-world uh, attention span <laughs> which is not band, exactly so this attention span should be used with something that actually people can talk about so my, yeah. my my podcast is also uh but so i have never a problem in my podcast which i like of like i would say like my podcast but obviously yeah. it's our podcast channel so don't get me wrong yeah yeah, yeah. um by, yeah, exactly. by, by saying it's not outdated because what I created is I have like a season now, a season that I try to keep this season as individual for each episode as possible. Mm. So when people go back and they start the college process or when people are in a college process, they can straight search for the episode which helped them. If they want to go to sport, like which sport? We have wrestling, we have lacrosse, cross, we have soccer, rowing, rowing, we have soccer, we have basketball. All best, is on the podcast, yeah. and all our students or coaches which can give you important advice about a special exactly. topic. So you can go directly to your partner episode that you like and help you yeah Yeah. and coming back
2: to my point about the the why why i actually like the hour-long thing is Mm -hmm. is that i feel like sort of getting sitting in a studio and the more the longer you talk the better the conversation gets the Mm -hmm. quality gets higher exponential and then sort of at at a certain point it breaks off again Cause you you it's it goes to the point where you sort of like exacerbate <laughs> all the topics and then yeah. you sort of you have to get go back to the forcing part again. Yeah. But I feel like the, the prime time because I always sort of like jot down you know the best times of of the podcast episodes. Usually it always comes like at the thirty forty maybe fifty mark because mm. it's when you know today it's fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I I, I, I um. I think uh, like like you, i'm I'm mindful of the time that a listener has and the mm-hmm. attention span um, and and also a guest, right? You know, the, the, these are folks who are busy professionals, and I don't want to take too much of their time. Um, but i had I had done a a podcast at Smith um, in the throes of the early days of the pandemic, and my motivation there was, Please help me create a, a way of engaging in conversations with alums and for students and content that does not involve a screen. And I mm. thought, okay, let's try a podcast i had I had never even listened to a podcast. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my habit of the thirty minutes also derived from that where yeah. where you know folks were so exhausted mm-hmm. from being on zoom and i thought okay well at least yeah, i'm going to take definitely. the screen out but yeah. you know yeah, also yeah. the ability to to not have to sit and be attentive right right, right. <laughs> i think that m- I, my muscle just got acclimated to that 30 minute yeah. zone for, for
2: yeah, yeah, whatever definitely. reason
0: but constant and i agree with you also in terms of the, the attention, attention span of intention. who intention. your audience
2: is attention span yeah because think
1: about what you would listen to yes you have these people who have like ten, two hours or three hours a day they say oh i'm listening to podcasts but i feel like most of the people have just like a a different, like a special time where they can listen to podcasts. For example, I know Driving a bunch of car, friends who are just yeah. like, oh, I often like hear podcasts when I when I drive to school. I often hear yeah. podcasts when yeah. I walk to my bar so often. Uh, hear podcasts yeah. in, my, w- in, my, in, my, in my in my off block in dining hall. Yes. yeah. And these are like, and these are probably like most of the time like spans between I would say like 15 to an hour, 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. What I do, for example, when I listen to you podcasts, because everyone listen to you podcasts too, is like I, I, I split them. So I, I listen to the first part, I listen to the first part. So when I listen to an episode which goes like, like even like, for example, a great example is Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is a great podcaster which always do right, like right, two, right. Or two or three hours podcasts. Diary of Seal?
2: Uh, no, Diary of no. no. Seal is also something different. A but,
1: the, but the Tim Ferriss okay. one um, is something which goes normally two or three hours and goes really deep into topics. So when I listening to him, I literally like take an episode for a week and he's also mindful of that because he uploads every two weeks. So he probably thinks that you cannot finish his episode (laughs) on like two weeks. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, and yeah, that's the, 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 I think that that really just shows that different podcasts have different intentions and different people have different ways of sort of like digging and it really comes down Mm. to intention. And if, if the intention is sort Mm -hmm. of like, um, to sort of like Having a topic That we're sort of like Sharing the topic Yeah and I think With the attention span And everything mm. I think shorter Podcasts might be better And if, if the intentions Were like I feel like To get, dive deep Getting deeply Knowing a person I feel like a longer Podcast yeah. for me And I, here comes a, I want to shift gears A little bit Because I feel like There's a different topic and i think maybe this is this goes with a lot of listeners because we are also three you know networkers in some sense Mm -hmm. that we we are fine with networking with talking to people reaching out and sort of like holding conversations but what advice would you give to someone who has um a little social anxiety who who struggles with the social front and and also would would uh, find it difficult to sort of just 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 go up and have built that deep connection Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, whenever students approach me with that question, or I sense there's that anxiety, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, okay, we're going to start with someone that you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? You know, it, it could be, you know, maybe a, a Someone who's an upperclassman, right? Who is doing something interesting and they know that person and, but they feel comfortable having that conversation, right? right. Start with someone who's mm. friendly, um, a, a faculty member. Tell me mm. more about how yeah. you ended up teaching um, at independent schools. Why independent schools? How did you know, you know, that you wanted to teach history, right? What, just start with the people that you know and trust mm-hmm. um, because, it, you know, as I said earlier, it's a muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 Uh, it it gets easier. Sometimes um, another strategy that I've used um, with folks who are very anxious about talking to someone, especially if they haven't met them, um, is to pick up the phone um, at about 9 or 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and you know it's their office line and you can listen to their voicemail and don't have to leave a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Do this was an office line, not a cell yeah. phone, where they think you're calling it yeah. late at night. Yeah. But it's just to hear their voice and know that yeah. they are a friendly mm-hmm. person. Sometimes just even that helps take some of the anxiety out of, I've got this conversation tomorrow yeah. um, and, and I'm really nervous about it. But, you know, th- th- these are... They're meant to be good, productive, engaging conversations where mm-hmm. you're just getting to know someone. So yeah. if that's something that feels a little daunting at first, as I say, start with the folks that you know um, and work your way up to the ones that are folks yeah. who are completely outside of your normal, everyday network. And I
1: feel, and also, yeah, and I feel also you, you <laughs> see that sometimes in a position where, like, people... I feel like, for example, like, only talking about the LinkedIn profile, but I feel also, like, how people present themselves. Like, sometimes you're like, yes, there there has to be, like, an intention of reaching out there, but there are, really, like, people who also gives you, like, a lot of tools where you can learn about them. For mm-hmm. example, they've written somewhere, like, why they do what you do. Or, if for example, on LinkedIn, I just found out that there's even, like, some, some contact information have the the tool that you can, that they say their name on LinkedIn, yes. which is like, which basically goes with them, I can hear yep. the audio somewhere. <laughs> so when people give a lot of information out there, mm. a lot of also like personal information, you have probably, they already give you the tools of topics that you can really have a starting point. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, talking with you about natural like, like a natural world or photography or stuff like that would be for example also a starting point mm-hmm. you yeah. just have like a common sense of topic Co- which is just like an interesting thing Yeah, yeah. and yeah. also
2: adding on to, to what you were saying especially and also this is a great point on, on, on sort of finding the nuggets that really bring people together socializing is a skill that mm-hmm. you can develop like I don't think when I well before I, w- I wouldn't say I'm the greatest of socializers. Like I definitely had a lot of social anxiety, especially um (laughs) weird but especially when talking to girls. I have high anxiety (laughs) and then I it's hard for me to sort of just even hold hold up a conversation at times. But I realized that this is something that I can intentionally work on. Mm -hmm. And then the type of conversations you have is something that you can intentionally work on. And and it, it, you can keep reflecting and refining, and oh, what, what happened? And, and obviously, uh, you know, if you want to work on your social skills, just start a podcast, you know?
1: It's true, actually. It's true. Adding onto that, that that's the important learning I had is you don't have to give yourself so much expectation you don't have to think that other people have so good expectation because they actually, like you don't know how much people, like I would say like not how much people, but actually there are people out there which don't even think about before they start a conversation and I think that, that can lead to some conversation where you say like, oh, this is like, just like, like what we're talking about at the moment, mm. if you have already the process where you really think about what you want to say and really think about how you want to say it, you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> like yeah. when, you, when you already have the thought process of like thinking what you say and how you say it, there's a win-win situation because even you need like a little bit longer time, the person normally also gives you the time to explain yeah. what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And I want to come to something which relates to that and which also like, goes into like, a little bit of college process but it's an interesting question because as you're here, I really want to use that to ask hey. you a question. Because since you also worked in career offices and career development, you also had to do with like, paths which are not linear. Yeah, yeah. Like paths which are like, kind of people approaching something where they have the fear that this will be not, for example, give them the opportunity to earn enough money or to be in a position where they can provide for a family. Mm-hmm. And we talked with it actually also with Sharon, who was on our show from Wellesley College, and she talked about it also in a TED Talk. And she based on the topic that it... So she said, for example, made the example. What if you want to study philosophy? Like, yes, philosophy is not a real thing that you can... After you go philosophy or history, mm-hmm. yes, you can be a teacher, but... There's not really like if you there's not really like straight history, mm. but history helps for example a lot to get a background out of different topics. For example, in finance, now history can help you there also as a tool to to be mm-hmm. good history. Yeah, uh, major. So a question for you would be, and probably you could give advice out there for people who are following or who have the fear to follow like a non-linear path. Like, right, what is right. your like right. kind of advice to when you when you have a, a feeling of a non-linear path, how to follow it and how to approach it? Really, question.
0: Yeah, it's a really great question, and I feel like that's a podcast in and of itself. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but um, you know, especially when I'm. I I would say this to students at Smith or any of the colleges that I worked at, but especially students at NMH, you cannot be focused on a thing right now. It's Mm -hmm. too soon. Because literally, the jobs and the technology that you will be using after college don't even exist yet. So looking for a thing right now is just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As opposed to really starting to get a sense of what do I genuinely enjoy? What motivates me? What are the things that I naturally am curious about will help you understand what you want to study in school? And it may be philosophy. And there's a reason why you are gravitating towards philosophy. Right. Will you be a philosopher? Maybe. Maybe. Will you be a person who can work at a company and bring a dimension of understanding Thinking, of yeah. ethics? Yeah, boy, could we use a lot <laughs> of folks who right. are skilled in understanding right. and breaking apart problems through an ethical lens? lens through an yeah. ethical lens, yeah. you know. So that's something that will you'll know what to do with that when you're ready to cross that bridge. Mm-hmm. But none of these career paths are linear. No one's career path. You know, the days of you know my dad who started at AT&T and stayed there for, yeah, for you know 40 four years, years yeah. is like that's not even a thing anymore oh. that doesn't happen because economies and industries change so quickly so you all have to mm-hmm. I have to we all have to be able to adapt, adapt and pivot very quickly mm-hmm. um, as as all of these environments move at, yeah. at mock speed, so yeah. you know the more comfortable you're you're at with that kind of ambiguity mm-hmm. and comfortable being able to say, "You know what this just is not working for me anymore, and mm-hmm. I'm huh. going to reimagine myself and do the ref- give yourself the reflective space to really do that well
1: mm-hmm. I, talking, that's, that's gonna make for talking, a happier talking, career. Talking college work, do you say that especially liberal arts making a good job about that? Because liberal arts literally like brings you in a position where you don't have to make it this like you are you are like you are educating yourself on a, on a like a broader scale of not like saying like like how much major shift you have on liberal arts college. Like even the average is like mm-hmm. probably about two or three. So do you think this is the approach which like goes hand in hand with what you said?
0: The liberal arts is something that I am the biggest fan of mm. um, for this reason, right? That's an education that will literally serve you well. Yeah. You can go to school mm. and learn a widget mm. and learn how to make that widget. And in this economy and in this mode of the way the world operates, that widget will be completely mm. obsolete in six months yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to learning how to use your head learning how to frame problems, learning how to ask questions, learning how to reframe questions, learning mm. how to have these conversations and debates. Yeah. Those are things that no matter what the problem is that you are facing professionally or the software that you're trying to develop to solve a problem, you're, you're using a set of skills that will always serve you well. Mm-hmm. That to me is a really sound education
1: yeah mm-hmm. oh my god I love we had in Germany honestly like and, 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 and for the reason like I'm actually talking about like I just want to say about like I want to bring a liberal arts college please to Germany or please to Europe because we don't have that and it's such a pity that people like because I know so much I love us friends who just choose the wrong path like not even the wrong but they think it's wrong and I would even like like, don't, like, not agree with them because they say, I studied eight hours law and I know now that law's not the right thing for me. And, like, our system <laughs> is basically late, saying, yeah. like, yeah, then start start from the, go back, go yeah, all, all the way where you back. sprinted you go all the way back to the starting line mm-hmm. and you have to make a sprint again. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's pity. Yeah. Uh, same for my, China, too, yeah.
0: My favorite reframe, this gets to the human-centered life designer, the my favorite reframe is not asking the question of, young kids, high school kids, college kids, what do you want to be? What problems do you want to solve? Is a much better way mm-hmm. of liberating someone from a hafta to a, wan- to a wanna, right? Yeah. Because this is a problem oh, that to, okay. I can really lean into and yeah. be very curious about. Um, and it will ultimately lean t- into a professional something um, but starting off with that question of what are the problems that really kind of vex you, that are irritating, that you want to do something about because they're that vexing, um, and what are the technologies, what are the, th- what are the tools that you can use to solve yeah. that problem is a much better way of reframing how you want to yeah. find your way in the world. And I
2: just made an insane connection, because this connects to what we were talking about at the start when we were talking about starting with why. Mm. like the this is the the per, the the uh problem that you want to solve is exactly the why right. why are you pursuing a career path why why are you doing this because a lot of people are stuck stuck i mean I, I say a lot of people maybe i'm in it too but it's just like we're stuck in the what what do i want to do next what, 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 right. and then and then we and it's hard and we eventually settle with a what Mm-hmm. And then we, we, we figure a how out, mm-hmm. but it's not natural. It feels like yeah. a lot of force in it and, it, it, and then we might end up not, not liking it. But mm-hmm. then if we start with a, a why, mm-hmm. with everything, and, th- and, th- and and now that I think about it, this this applies to I also almost like
1: I have to, I have to add something to it, and yeah. I think just starting with a why is the privilege that you especially have by being like kind of like this. And yeah, that's, that's true. I course. tell you, I tell you, when I would start in Germany with my why like people are like, like wait, my, wait, wait, I mean crazy. my family yeah, exactly, would be comparable exactly. comparable like comparable really like really understanding about it but it would really but come down to like what is the society expecting from you what are your parents expecting from you what is your general like peer group like what are the people who shape you because stepping completely out of that will give you a framework where you have to make something different mm. because just be leaded by your why yes it can go really well but also you have to be a really open person who can also like accept that in your why in your thing that you mm. like because when you when you trust the process when you trust the process it's really about trusting the process trusting your intuition trusting mm. yourself you will have probably a high level of happiness but this will be related to up and downs I feel
2: but that's the thing that's why having a why can help you break the cycle and sort of like mm-hmm. stepping out yeah. of this 100%. expectation, stepping out of I mean, well, what can I say? Like
1: 80, 80% of my friends in Germany work for a car company, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. it's, um, a, it's
1: I'll, about I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example out. of why yeah.
0: there's, a, there's a yes and in all of this, because I agree with you. Yeah. There, are, there are many, many kids who have high expectations, parental expectations, economic expectations and needs. I mean, there's, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, but knowing your why can help you find a path forward, even with those expectations. I'll give you an example of a student that I worked with at Smith, um, was an international student and the expectation was she was going to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. There was not even a discussion that was yeah. not going to be discussed. <laughs> You're going to go to medical school.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she came to me, and she said, I do not want to go to medical school. I cannot tell my parents that I don't want to go to medical (laughs) school. Um, She was a dancer. She wanted to dance. And I said, well, okay. So those are the two things that we know. You love to dance. The expectation is medical school. So let's explore a pathway forward. And so we started to find alums um, in the dance world and in the medical world and the health field. Like, we were trying to just feather together a new picture and a new way of framing this. And we found an alum in New York who was an orthopedic surgeon for dancers. (laughs) And we we found, we reached out to her and she forged, you know, had one of these conversations um, and ultimately ended up having an internship with her over the summer and figured out how she could reframe the why of medical school and she went off yeah, to that. medical school and specialized in orthopedics and her goal is was to work with dancers. So that's it's you, you, yeah. you find Me you find the right, yeah. W- yeah. So yeah. you're you're right. The why is the thing that motivates you through those obstacles but yeah. also can inspire you to keep going. Yeah. keep going.
2: Yeah, and also finding the right path. Yeah. that's that's but to find
1: what. the right path demands to go off path.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that's the thing is, is and and that comes to the point of courage mm. is if you are willing to say yeah okay this is the situation but am i willing to step out of, of this income comes back to socializing or or networking or something like that it's it's all about courage am i willing to make that first step of that uncomfortable maybe email that i i have to think hard on sending to build that connection, yeah. to to reach out on LinkedIn, to, to see a person um, somewhere that you respect, that you know, mm-hmm. and to walk up to them yeah. and introduce yourself. And I and think
1: that's a great thing, and I want to hear your opinion about that, because obviously, like, yes, and that's, I can't make what I said earlier, yes, to talk somebody from an NMH framework, reach out, I think, like, probably nine percent are answering me just like because they see the background of like NMH. I said, so I guess I want to help. Um, obviously, when other people just reaching out to like, if I would reach out to like a, like, sorry, like a, like a woman, like a, literally, like, random woman, but works on a job that's interesting in Germany, like, no real connection point. Probably there's just a like also like a, the, the odds are kind of like equalized of saying, like, yeah, there's probably a 50% chance that she reads the mail in the right moment and say, like, I have time for it. Or, or totally, totally reasonable. She has no time for it at the moment. So there's mm. no between it. So, um, Obviously like creating networking also love too of like for people how to deal with rejection. Because yeah. because like exactly. yes you can send ten mails out and probably <laughs> it's actually like the odds are like weird at this time and only like one people comes back to you and you think you actually make a bad job. So but then it's like what is controllable and what is uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. My interpretation is you are, can control how good you present yourself and how well your email is placed. But the uncontrollable is the process of like where do this person got this mail like mm. yep. what mood in this person where do i meet this person at the moment like what is his background um how do you feel about like this this like how do you would approach or like advise somebody who said like yeah i'm already doing like kind of trying to networking but yeah. it feels <laughs> unsuccessful for me at the moment because like i get no responses yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it can be discouraging and you know if someone doesn't reply to you you do a follow-up note and if you don't hear back let it go. Move on. Yeah, right. It's not personal. You know, people are busy, people have distractions, people have life. Don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will also say um, that this is where building out your networks can help you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I'll give you an example from this week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an alum who I have long wanted to connect with she's very successful um, has a really interesting story and i've tried to reach out to her and you know i have not heard back from her and that's cool because she's Mm -hmm. busy she's very successful Mm -hmm. Um, had a conversation with another alum completely unrelated and um had a really wonderful far-ranging conversation with her and she said oh well you know my high school roommate at NMH was this woman who you should also ping her.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: is the woman that I've been trying to, <laughs> to have that conversation yeah. with. So you yeah. know, the more your network expands, the more the odds are there's going to have those yeah. intersections. That's yeah, like more
1: in that, like more yeah. interval, let's So say. be patient yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I think patience is, is a good, is a good patience. Definitely, and and <laughs> dealing with
2: rejection. Adding on to that point, it is about. Trying and being fine with rejection yep. and and it comes with 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 time and experience because everything is failure And we talked about how socializing or, or reaching out or networking is a skill mm-hmm. And what, what what's awesome. common about all skills? It comes from development and what comes with with growth. It's through failure. Yeah, it's growth comes from failure And it and the point about getting better at networking is to be fine with um, r- being rejected mm-hmm be fine with these, you know, not non responses, and then sort of learning, reflecting, Oh, what, what could I've done better? What could i have modified my email better? Or should I reach out at a better time? And then that might and then you improve. And yeah. then that's that I think that's, that's the way I see um, rejection
0: and failure is inevitable. And you have to just yeah. you have to accept it and roll with it. You know, one of my f- favorite things that I ever read in The New York Times was, Uh, a woman who finished her PhD And she literally went to her defense and wore a skirt that she had stitched together of all the rejection letters that she had gotten through her dissertation process of all the rejections from publications, from, you know, co-authors. And she just literally made a skirt out of it that she wore to her defense. And I thought, you know, that's just a beautiful reframe of it's going to happen. And you you just have to roll with it and persevere and, and... you know, let it wash off your back.
1: hundred percent. Just give like a, just give like a, like a, like a, like for me, lifetime example of what happened. So we went to this event, in boss, right? Yeah. And actually like what I realized, it wasn't a problem because I was like most of the people I connect on LinkedIn, but I found out that yes, I asked people for the phone number, but then I realized that I don't clest, press the safe button. So I was actually talking to like, and I'm still waiting for one acceptance of like one guy who was not like anymore at image, an but probably we can like talk later about it. Like, <laughs> or, like his <laughs> wife, went to NMH and he was just there. He is retired now because he just did such a well job as a fund manager, which is pretty interesting for me. Yeah. And I was talking to him, I was like, oh yes, disconnect, let's give me your phone number. And he was giving me a phone number, I was like, yeah, you can read me then. write me a follow up with everything you can remember. I wrote already everything down of like the follow up of what I remembered <laughs> going to his contact. I was like, where's the number? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that was yeah. like a real time example. But also, like, what I did is, like, I tried to get implement, like, you could tell me probably also your opinion about that. Um, I tried to, like, implement also, like, different, like, when you when you have a male, you give something, like, at the top. how does it called? At the top. So where you titles, have, titles, yeah. Uh, titles up. So I was experiencing <laughs> this title, for example, when I went to We're Yale. working on that, yeah. When I went to Yale, <laughs> I, was, I was texting people, and I said, like, yes, I can say perspective Yale student reaching out. I said most of the time. But one, uh, one, one woman, I was just, like, Coffee chat question mark and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I nope. tried to <laughs> yeah so what is what is your what learning is your about that? learning how that's to reframe that's learning that's, <laughs> learning. that's yeah. learning exactly
0: yeah what what's the question
1: so the question would be like how do you how do you apply like these different like how do you would experience like how do you would differ with like mails or would you stick actually to one like one like sample of like how yeah, you send yeah, out yeah. mails sending out emails
0: sending out emails. Um, be patient with them because inboxes are extremely dense, as you all know. Mm-hmm. Brief. Yeah. Um, have Drief. have your subject line. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> brief. <laughs> don't <laughs> make people that's, read. That's what we they're were talking reading, about. <laughs> they're, they're reading on phones. Yeah, right? exactly. They're reading on small devices. They do not have yeah, they don't the, have patience, the, the, the no. patience for it. you know. So as a follow-up um, from an event, you can say NMH Boston event. Um, follow up that then, then they've got the context and then, you know, the email is, you know, we, we met at, at the Boston event and I loved having that conversation with you and I would welcome the chance to have a 30 minute, um, conversation, um, at some point in the future, if your time permits, um, and. Me, you know, let me know. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, short right, and sweet. So <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the goal in that email is not to provide anything in depth. Not a list of questions. You don't want yeah, them. You know, sometimes I've seen students try to um, yeah. do the networking over an email where they send a list of questions and they expect the, the person to person write to back. Write and I'm like, know. no, no, no. Actually, use your words, and we're going to get on a phone call. Or get on a Zoom.
1: <laughs> yeah, Zoom yeah, I it's so I so yes, much
0: yeah Yeah, that yeah.
2: It. Cause we were We were uh, I remember the, the Saturday night Before he went to Yale For Bulldogs Day He was working on A lot of emails And then I was just Sort of sitting there And looking at All his emails It's all like Essays <laughs> I'm like bro Chill out I don't think It'll
1: work <laughs> No Working on it It is It yeah. is a
2: learning
0: process
2: It is a learning process And that you sent me One that
1: sent me I read your name But not the mail <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's, that's uh, yeah,
2: that's that's totally true. I think this this point of email, um, we've covered a lot today. I, I think, think we covered a lot. Yeah, we've covered 100%. a lot, and uh, if there are so, um, well, y- do you guys have any sort of like typical routines that
1: you go to go through near the? I the mean, I have. Episodes? I probably have a final question to Stacy about college process. What about you?
2: <laughs> I have my <laughs> final three, but because there's. Three of us today. Maybe the final three can go to all three of us. What What do we say? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. The first question is: What are some non-negotiable values that you have for your living? Starting with Stacy, if you want.
0: Non-negotiable mm. values for my living. Yeah. Like when you say my living, what's that? It's mean?
2: just it's just your life that that you 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 have values that you have mm. for when you live. <laughs>
0: That's a really tough one. It is. Um,
2: Welcome to Bigger Picture Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good promotion. <laughs> good promotion. Yeah. promotion. Yeah. I would have been saying <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, subscribe right now. Uh,
0: I would say um Leave It Better Than When You Arrived.
2: Leave it better than you found it. That's yeah. that's a great one. I mean, I I if if it was me, I would have put that there too. Yeah. It's a sort of leaving a legacy. Legacy means yeah. so much for me. And also uh, a non-negotiable value that I have is authenticity mm. like we talked about it earlier yeah. Yeah. is being completely true to yourself and being genuine in your connections because at the start when I uh, this, Sorry if I can take too long but when I first came to, to the US and when I sort of wanted to socialize with people build my network I w- wanted to fit in to sort of like do what everyone else is doing mm. right to, to be to, 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 to Appear the fit in the to, you know, like oh, yeah, you guys are talking about this so Let me find it and, and build that Turns out that that did one that didn't even work well because one it, the connections are very superficial and two I don't feel happy mm. however this year or or last year to this year I took a completely different approach, which is I just decided to be myself and absolutely myself that to sometimes to an extreme where I would do some why well, you always
1: some, go on stage with no money, money, yeah, yeah, money. Some
2: crazy <laughs> things like 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 that, like going on stage or also like just sort of saying saying directly how I feel, <laughs> which I would be afraid to do back in sophomore year. But that <laughs> in turn brought me one more social connections and second more true, honest connection, because we're talking so so much about network. Mm. And three, I think the qua qua quality went up and also the quantity actually went yeah, up. Yeah but too. why
1: why I think because I can give you the straight answer because yeah. why the quality went up. The quality went up because you apply reasonable to other people. Like yeah. as as you can like this is probably the challenge that we have in our life to apply reasonable what we do when we do something and people say like this is that when for example like Stacy do something and people say yeah this is Stacy. Like this is Stacy. Like of oh, sure like she That's
2: like some, so, for guy. example
1: like this like this this typical thing. Like you walk you walk down the hill, somebody's falling down. Like I give Stacey's coming there asking how are you doing? How I can help you? Yes, yeah. this is Stacy. Yes, she will do that. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like you make yourself predictable in actions by repeating actions which have certain values.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And what are your non-negotiable values? Oh, my non-negotiable values. <laughs> so I have some values just hanging on my wall, which I can refer to, but to give them a context, and I will only pick two, um, I always try to see things on a positive way, or like an optimistic way. Mm-hmm. I give the example of like in Germany, we have this typical German example by Germans always saying the glass is half empty. And not the yeah. glass half full. <laughs> mm. And I hated that. I hated that coming from Jeremy. I hated that everybody's telling me the glass half empty because I was saying, nah, no, why is the glass half full? Like, why not seeing it for optimistic value? Because I felt like seeing something in an optimistic way helps it actually to like, Give the give the thing a process. Like feeling for a pessimistic way it could be kind of like reasonable sometimes, but I think like to after odds, I think optimistic way works for me better. Optimism, and the other so thing important. is like don't forget thankfulness. I think I'm I'm not I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm like saying for my where I grow up. Like 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 thankful gratitude. that my gratitude my yeah. Thankfulness so important. thankfulness so, so much thanks to my family who was giving the option to study in the U.S. Because there's also something like studying in the U.S. Like I hear everything yeah. from. From do you have the craziest American parties to, like, do you don't have to be shot in America directly? I (laughs) said, no, I don't get shot directly.
2: (laughs) Dude, Yeah, Yeah. totally agree. Gratitude is so important. I mean, we we were talking about, um, I mean, Brian Hargrove was talking a lot about that last time when we were doing the tree planting, that... Gra- grat- gratitude yeah i have to r- wrap up a little bit but to add on to your point i totally agree with you yeah. gratitude positivity mm. all these things it makes you feel happier makes everyone around you feel happier and you can be a better second pick one more uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, let me say one for, for the last one but if there's one thing you can say to a younger version of yourself what would it be for all of you should I start? Yeah.
1: Like, I would not really say younger version, but I would refer to myself by, by being a bit younger. Um, I would say like being a bit younger. What I would advise to myself, it was like being being more myself, literally. So forcing me forcing myself into a position where I built my own character. I felt always like being in soccer. It helps a lot by being mature. Um, I, I was still successful in soccer, but I felt that I, when I went like more mature on the field and younger position, I would be have become the. Like, I would even become, like, more... Like, I would even, like... Probably because my, my dream was to go pro soccer in Germany, right? This worked wasn't working out, so I was looking about, like, how to combine studying and soccer. And yeah. I'm still happy with my position. But I think, like, because in soccer, you have the opportunity in Germany when you're, for example, like, 13 or 14, you can already play for the under-17, under-19. For me, I had the potential to play there, and I also played there, but I wasn't feeling mature enough to play there. So I wasn't really, like, feeling welcome in that. And I mm. feel like... Being To being more mature means also like to make things which are controversial in young age, which ma- to do things which that are, are kind of, of like box. putting putting yourself outside the box. I was a long time really exactly. afraid to do things out, outside the box. Yeah. yeah.
2: What about you? If there's one thing that you can say to a younger version of yourself, mm, what would it be?
0: Your professional life does not define you.
2: That's so true. <laughs> yeah. You're bigger internalize than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, my if I were to say something, a younger version of myself. Oh, I, I haven't even thought about this, but it's. I think it's it's to just go for it, just to, to step and just do it, just do it is is probably the the thing I would say. Now that I at the end of my series, sorry, I just really had to say this, but I really the, if I were to have one regret is why didn't I do this earlier? Mm. Why didn't I do this earlier? Like, for example, asking a girl out for chat, why didn't I Why didn't I ask earlier? For example, <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it later, but sorry about that. But uh, also, so many things, like if, if I started earlier, it would have been so much better.
1: Yeah. Do you have your final question? Yeah, I have one final question. My one final question is, uh, Stacy, what would you advise to somebody who is just about to start the college process and how would you and adding on to this like part b of this question like first of all what would you advise to somebody who's just about to start the college process and what do you think is what are the key factors to find the matching college for you
0: mm. um it's a really really good question and i would say when you're starting the college process um to slow the roll you know ease into this don't feel the don't put the heat shield up a little bit to kind of deflect it Um, really be open you'll be surprised that you'll happen upon a school that you just didn't see coming and find magical things about it that you didn't expect and be open to those surprises Mm -hmm. Um, you know test out the waters Mm -hmm. with what it would feel like to be in a city at a big school. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what would it feel like to be at that liberal arts college, right? Um, But at the end of the day, you know, college is absolutely about the academics. Um, Yes, and it's also about the experience. And it's about helping you continue to grow as a human being Mm -hmm. um, and look for places that are going to allow you to really stretch, and and have experiences outside of the classroom that will allow you to know who you want to be in the world as a human being. Um, So, you know, don't look at lists of schools and rankings and feel like you've got to check boxes based on that. But really almost have the same kind of, you know, honest conversation with those schools and the people there that you would have in in this podcast conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, And be open. To, to possibilities that you just didn't see coming.
2: Exactly. Love it. La- last question. I have to ask <laughs> this. I have, so, sorry, <laughs> but this the, we have to end on this. What is your contribution to the bigger picture of the world and what is your why? Because we talked about, about so much about the why. So what is your why? Mm,
0: what is my why? Um, I think um, helping people... Be open to messy future paths. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, you know, as we've kind of gotten through these this wide ranging conversation, um, yeah. you know, life is going to be messy. Things are going to happen. Um, professional hiccups are going to happen. Right. A pandemic is going to happen, right? You know, and 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 being open and okay with those hurdles and and helping people embrace those messy paths and talking about them um is is i think my why in so far as if it gives someone else permission to then encounter challenges and difficulties and feel a little less anxious about it yeah. themselves mm-hmm. and they can feel like okay someone else did this i can do this too yeah is that really i think my why
1: Lovely. yeah what about you i love to relate To the why of the book like of of Simon Sinek. Start with (laughs) why. Start with why. And he said, I try to inspire people to find their inspiration. I totally raised that. And I add to it that I love to break walls and break obstacles. And I love to help people to break these and be a part of that. I love to give them the hammer or be the hammer to break walls. And love I think, that! I think that's kind of like be the hammer. Away, yeah. I love that. <laughs> my why I write it down on my
2: journal <laughs> every day. Every day, if you if you look, it's called inspiring others to become the best version of themselves. Mm. But mainly. Um, because one i am chinese i want to help ch- inspire chinese and m- integrate china to the entire world and and to show that we chinese have so much potential and we can do more and we're not just like test machines but we are <laughs> we are so fascinating and we can do so much and second is to do that is i have to become the best version of myself mm-hmm. so i'm taking a very unconventional path in doing so Love
0: it. but anyways.
2: Thank you all so much. This has been This has been
0: terrific. This has Which been what we, we talk about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, wow, this this is we, we I did not expect this conversation to go this long. It's it, it's it's a surprise for uh, probably all three of us. I mean, yeah. for me, I, I I mean, I I think all three of us need, knew we needed to go to places, but we enjoyed this conversation so we much did. that we just sort of stuck with it. And we learned so much today. And we sure did. We sure did. About each other, about topics ideas i mean we all had takeaways and if we want to go for reflection we can go for another hour but <laughs> and we feel like we can definitely go off gone forever but beautiful but this has been wonderful um do you guys have a, a usual typical outros
1: i would say first of all thank you stacy at all like main guests of course to be here i mean like of we course so off the podcast yeah exactly episode you spent us like nearly like 90 minutes yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: almost 90 minutes so i did thank not so much, we did buddy. this yeah it's yeah.
1: absolutely my
0: pleasure. And I love doing this. Um, so I love fun. the conversation. I love having time with students. Um, and uh, you all are about to cross a stage on Sunday. And wow. uh, I, you know, I wish you both uh, so much for your futures. They're so bright. And just lean into it. Uh, be open to it. Be open to the adventure. Um, say yes. Lean in. Yeah. it's it's a miraculous four years that are ahead of you um and just stay focused on that yeah um and i always end my podcast with stay healthy safe and well
2: okay and for me for all the listeners thank you all so much for tuning in and staying all this time and we hope you feel inspired and we will see you in the next episodes bye bye (laughs)